Luca Nation, episode 901. You guys are getting your PWCC weekly auction preview. And we got Possibly our final cards. one. We can throw it out there. Possibly our final one. So, guys, you know, I mean, uh, if next week on Saturday you do not hear an episode from us, please do us a favor and, uh, you know, reach out to your friendly uh, neighborhood, uh, you know, watchdogs. And say, hey, uh, wow, we're missing the PWCC episode from uh, you know from Cage and from Andrew, and and maybe Cajun's episodes disappear also. Um, and if you feel a void and you're missing that stuff and you don't see that stuff, you know, let people know. Uh, let another auction house know if you like, and you know, tell them how what a great job we do. If you like, that's how we roll. I got the Godfather shirt on today. I like that. Sometimes like you got to be about a family and sometimes you got to be about business. Sometimes the family and business combined. I was going to go today to the, uh, the show in Westchester. I didn't go. just couldn't fit it in my schedule. It's about an hour and a half drive each way. I uh, would have liked to have seen George Gervin with Ian. But there was a guy signing autographs. I think his name is John Martino. And I'm going to show you my shirt. You see this shirt? What does that say? Leave the gun. Leave the gun. How does it go after that? Take, Take the, the cannoli. Cannoli, not cannoli. burger. So that's a leave the gun, take the cannoli. Now, do you know what movie that's from? It's good. It's got to be something Italian. I'm, I'm assuming you're Vinny's. My cousin Vinny. Exactly. It's, it's from, from the, the Godfather. Godfather. Yeah, you're the Godfather. It's from the Godfather, and it's a very, it's a very well known scene because they, 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 they hunt down and they kill Paulie, who was the driver for the Godfather, uh, and he called out sick the day that the Turk. Salazzo got to got to the Don and shot him a bunch of times, right? So of course they they wind thing. up they kill Paulie and you know they 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 kill him from behind. And Clemenza's got cannolis. They're driving all around, got cannolis, and he says to him after they kill him, they got the cannolis and the gun in the car. He tells the guy leave the gun, but take the cannolis because he's got to take the cannolis home to his family. He's got to take them home to his wife. It's the dichotomy of life there. The dichotomy. Right, he's a gangster. He killed the guy, but he still has to make sure he brings the cannolis home and keep his wife happy. Keep, keep you know, keep everybody happy. You get that in business. You get that in life. You get that in the hobby. You get it in podcast, man. I gotta take that money home. You gotta take that money home. We're still doing business. We're gonna tell you the great episodes. We're gonna tell you the the cool cards that are out there. It's sort of like the hobby overall. There's a dichotomy between investors and collectors, and sometimes you gotta be a little bit of both, and it's okay too. So what do you want to talk about? The Jordan sticker going this <laughs> here. I mean, Michael Jordan sticker. So what do you want to talk about, man? Like, what, what's about? what's top of mind? I mean, <laughs> I mean that's how we roll, you know. I mean, you know, pe- one compliment I got is that people tune in and they have no idea when the next rant's going to come and who it's going to be about. Today the rant was kind of based on my T-shirt. Uh, I'm feeling <laughs> the duality of man. Cage has basically learned life from shirts and movies. <laughs> shirts about movies or TV shows. I was it's wearing a rad scary, racing actually. t-shirt before this. I switched this on because my rad shirt ripped. I'm very upset about that because rad's my favorite movie as a kid. BMX bike. I mean, if somebody shows me that they, there are rad they're cards out there, rad and goonies were like, if I went to a video rental store, which existed, guys, um, those were the two movies I'd rent, even though a hundred times I've seen them, I rent them. It's like the same thing. I don't know why that's the way my brain is wired. I like what I like, and even though I've seen it, I'll watch it a million times. So leave the gun, take the cards. Take okay. Well, what I was prepared to come in here to share was something that I love about Card Ladder is sort of when I'm buying or window shopping using the PWCC weekly auction. I'd like to get a pulse on which indices, which players are performing in which way, right? Like 
and it's interesting if you if you kind of look back, uh, we'll, we'll go goats. Michael Jordan and Mickey Mantle are holding as strong as anybody. Yep. You know, they haven't even really dipped at all. But you're starting to see Patrick Mahomes, Giannis, Kobe, uh, Brady. Those cards have retracted quite a bit. And Kobe's have actually come down probably more than any established great in this time. It, it's back to prices close to the day that he passed away before COVID even started. And I do that just to get a gauge of, you know, what's happening with the bigger overall market before I go and I dig in and I dive into which card I'd like to buy. So something to keep in mind, if you go to card ladder indices player, it, it's really fun to dig into that. And then the second thing to do is you could actually go indices and you could see which players have performed the best or the worst over the last five years. So like Trevor Lawrence cards, uh, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, are down almost 99% according to the card ladder index, which is which is pretty incredible. And then there's obviously the pluses, which are like kind of like outlier cards. You guys could go look it up. I, I say that before we get into the individual cards because I thought it was a cool kind of practice. Why do you think Kobe's down as much as he is? I don't think Kobe was as collected, honestly, before his uh, before his death, as we realized. I, I think the death was so sudden, people rushed and FOMO'd for his cards, both autos and rookies. I'll also say, they say LeBron has a lot of rookie cards, which I guess is, is true. But Coleman Cards today posted a card he picked up at the Dallas show. It was a Kobe rookie I've never seen. And I've been in the Kobe market since the get. That was my first, basically, the first market I watched. So... Kobe wasn't as collected as Jordan, so he doesn't have the collector base like that. And I think he has so many different rookies, and I don't think his rookies are that awesome. Like the Topps rookie, nothing that special about that card. Super, super high population card. There's a ton of them out there. And across the board, you have a lot of his rookie cards, high supply, and not a big collector base. No, I think his prices have come down. Tell me. I think Kobe's fan base is a bunch of fakers. I think Kobe's collectors are a bunch of fakers, and it's a great example of kind of, you know, Big a fake bump up and an immediate crash down. Kobe's um, fan base is super real. I just said and agreed with you that Kobe's collector base was a little bit more FOMO'd in. So what I mean by fakers in it is pretty, pretty – it's pretty simple to me. Kobe's fan base are the job not finished fan base. It's the people who need an excuse it's the people who need uh, talking to. It's the people who need motivation. It's the people who want to, you know, uh, fake it till they make it. What are you talking about? People like you, Kobe fans. This doesn't people make who any sense. Came into the hobby and were looking for something that they could put a little bit of money in and watch it explode, watch it blow up. Even though there was no real meat to those potatoes, and the reason why I think Kobe's prices have come down is because Kobe's not really a great. The whole thing's no. fake. So, okay. So, okay. Um, let's go time, time frame. Kobe passed away the 26th of January. Yep. And COVID, like this whole explosion of cards, right already kind of bubbling. It was all at once. So Kobe cards were a great kind of vehicle for like, hey, you know, all Zion cards are exploding. Kobe cards might as well explode. So, so he just got he caught up on that on that ride, but true Kobe fans never argue that Kobe's number one. Even true Kobe, Kobe fans, in the last true Kobe's fans, they put so him in even, the top. They put him in the top five. I remember when people were buying Kobe cards and Kobe rookie cards. People were like, "Well, 10. Jordan, LeBron, Kobe." 
We had a million pieces of content. He's just he's right up there. Okay, maybe he's not in the top two with those guys, but he's it's Jordan, LeBron, Kobe. And what was cool about Kobe was what's funny is I never heard anybody say that he was in that top five, even top ten. Now you just said top ten. I have a hard time putting him in the top ten players of all time. What do you hard mean time. by that? I mean, well, that's let's let's analyze that sentence. I that means me would have a hard time, meaning there'd be difficulty for me, putting Kobe, so placing Kobe Bryant as an athlete, as a player, in the top 10 of all time. Meaning there would be 10 other people that I would rank ahead of Kobe in the pantheon of all players who have ever played in the NBA. I highly doubt that. I really highly doubt that. You think top three, it would be really tough, but top five and top 10... He's he checks all of wait, the wait, boxes. Wait, 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 top five? You really gonna say he's a top five player of all time? This is the point. I said top ten, but I, I think you can make cases that he's a top five. Five championships, eighty-one points. I mean I got you eighty one points in the game. I mean, where's 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 Devin Booker? I mean, where's Booker that's, rank? That's seventy, that's not eighty one. Close. So Devin Booker's in the Devin top Booker 12. Devin Booker doesn't have five championships. Booker's in the top. So if Devin if Devin Booker pairs up with five Shaquille O'Neal, five championships five during championships. during LeBron's era. During so he won his fifth, fourth, and fifth championship year six and year seven of what you're arguing is the second greatest player of all time. So where, where do you put folks like Kobe's like a six well, or seven? Six because seven, you put him ahead of both Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. I wouldn't put him ahead of Magic. I didn't get a chance to watch Larry play. Okay, enough. so do you put him ahead of Michael Jordan? No. Do you put him ahead of LeBron James? I think we've crowned LeBron way too high on this list because he's going to break okay. this. I'm going to stop. LeBron's still playing. I'm going to stop. You, you couldn't say yes to whether or not you put Kobe ahead of LeBron. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't is, think, I, I think LeBron's legacy is still being written. That's the really weird thing about his cards right now. And if, what if, you think if, he if, could just miss so many shots that he's going to fall below Kobe on the all-time great list? I'm not sure he's ahead of Kobe on the all-time great list. And we should move to the cards with that, folks. <laughs> this is the point. I believe that You've there are people the both out play? there. I have watched both of them play. Yeah, I mean, Kobe came in the league at 20 years old. You're yeah. drafting a team. You, you're yeah. taking LeBron over Kobe? Uh, every day of the week. Twice on Sunday, yes, I'm taking LeBron. Taking, taking and LeBron I don't even over, like are LeBron. You, are you taking LeBron over Magic? LeBron over Magic, yes. And Magic over Kobe. Shaq over but LeBron? But this is the thing. And, and I'm not saying it's You're bad. drafting they're, LeBron over Shaq? I'll draft LeBron over Shaq. And Shaq over Kobe. I think it would be a fun debate. I think a lot of those have more to do with the type of team, the type of vision you have for that team. But I think I could make a ton of cases that what Kobe does, he did it the second best right behind Jordan. And that's and an assassin, a guy a who lot of will go and get you buckets. A lot of people make the argument you're making. A lot of people like you. That was my, my point entirely. What does that mean a lot of people like me? 80s baby, grew up in the 90s to mid-2000s was like my main sport era. Yeah, so like, that's part of it. 30 to 40 year olds who didn't get a chance to watch Jordan in his heyday, but got a chance to watch. Kobe? Yeah. I would say the, the Kobe people put Kobe up a little higher than, than the rest. And I think Kobe's prices kind of ran a lot. You had COVID, you had his, or, you know, untimely passing. And then I think there is a segment of people who, uh, 
built Kobe up to better than he is. And I mean, there are a lot. Of I think the Oscar Kobe. helped him a lot too. I think all of that, like off the field after, because if you think about how he ended his career, he ended it on a 60 point going out, like kind of like theater versus Utah. And he carried that on into all this business success and all this like artistic success, which sort of rounded out a player who wasn't beloved when he played. He was actually kind of, he a was hero. not, that's part of and, it too. And then people he forget sort of ended his, yeah, people, he was not very well liked and he was like, he actually he chased Shaq out, then he had the whole Denver thing, and then he was a bad teammate and he was selfish. And so all that stuff was during his day during yeah. his day. And then when he retired, it's like, wow, look at this whole other side of Kobe, this kindness, this girl that he's an artist, he's a creative, he's a business person, he's thoughtful. And it really rounded him out and added to his legacy tremendously. Where he became beloved. Where he was hated for a long by time. a segment of people. Yeah, like I would say a, a smaller segment, not enough to keep the bloated prices up the way that you know a Jordan, LeBron, and some of the other greats have, and the other people you're talking about, the the you know the Magics, the Birds, the Shacks, um, the Bill Russells, you know the guys who would be in the same conversation if you put Kobe in that top ten. Those cards didn't seem to run as much as Kobe's did. Kobe's was just a, it was like a moonshot. Obviously, he had the untimely passing and the whole deal. You also factor in some of those guys I just named don't have as many cards. I mean, you did a very smart thing of comparing LeBron to Kobe because the, you know, the production of the cards are, are similar. Um, Shaq. But LeBron decent... had, LeBron's rookie cards are a lot nicer. Yes. Kobe didn't have even many, many, uh, very many. That's why I said Shaq is a decent comparison. I believe it's yeah. only four years apart, and you don't know which one is the one. I would say Kobe actually has a, a little more of an advantage because there's a clear cut best rookie card for which is the Kobe. Chrome, right? The Chrome. Chrome Shaq doesn't have that. You know, I mean, you know, for every person that says Beam Team, there's another person that says the Upper Deck one, another person that says the Stadium Club or whatever it is. You know, inserts, no numbered stuff. It, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. But here's the fun. I love talking about that because the ranking a top 10, you could have 10 very smart people that all come up with a, a top 10 basketball ranking that's different. Well, there's two more things that I think are for Kobe. One is how his other players, the, his contemporaries speak about him and even how MJ from the get spoke about him. Okay, okay. so when he was first, uh, first all-star appearance and just, you know, we talk about it, but we're from the outside. I think it's different when peers speak about mm -hmm. somebody. And the second thing that I think makes Kobe for me is in life, especially as you grow up in this 18 to 22 year old age, you want to be liked. Mm -hmm. You want to be liked. And what made Kobe so interesting is if he's from the get was okay with not being liked, not mm -hmm. being liked by his peers, respected, but not being liked. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't the most athletically talented. He didn't have the biggest arms. He wasn't uh, biggest hands. He wasn't the most athletic. He didn't jump the highest, didn't run. But he still was able to, with this insane ferocity and insane competitive spirit, this insane focus of saying, okay, I'm not going to hang out with my friends or I'm not going to make friends with all my peers and all that stuff. I'm going to focus solely on playing basketball and being the greatest I can be within whatever I have. And I think he maxed that potential out, which I think is, uh, is pretty special. When you compare Jordan and LeBron and even Shaq, they're out of the gate athleticism, their size, their jumping ability, their speed, their hand size. They were gifted with a lot coming out the gate. And I don't think Kobe had even half of what they had athletically. He was athletic, but he wasn't, he wasn't like they were. I mean, 
All right. So uh, listen, I love the conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to turn it a different way sure. to maybe get somebody's, you know, thought process on it. And, you know, you can, you, you can figure it out. You can go where, where I'm going to go with this. I was looking at stats the other day. I was looking at, you know, James Harden stats. I was looking at Russell Westbrook stats. I was right. looking at uh, stats from Trey Young. Right. <laughs> and I was looking at stats from Chris Paul. And I was thinking to myself, we had a conversation yesterday with Signed and Slabbed about Tony Gwynn. Remember? It's one of we my talked cards. about Tony Gwynn. You have a card? Okay, good. So we can talk about that. Great. So we'll get back to that. But we talked about Tony Gwynn. And what's funny about Gwynn was I remember collecting in the 80s and early 90s, and people loved him. And he was beloved, and he, you know, he died you know, uh, prematurely. You know, he died early. Um, you know, and he's a cult hero in San Diego. But he was not a guy that you were chasing as a kid. Sure, it was great to get him. But you wanted Maguire. You know, in that 83 set, you wanted Sandberg and Boggs. You know, I mean, Gwynn was awesome, but he wasn't the guy you were going after. It wasn't Mattingly. It wasn't Strawberry. You know, he definitely wasn't Griffey. wasn't Nolan Ryan. It wasn't any of those top guys. But looking back, the collectors of that generation went back and said, you know what? Tony Gwynn was an all-time great. I mean, a Hall of Famer, easy Hall of Famer, like no doubt Hall of Famer. Um, and just somebody who who speaks to that era, and people start to collect that card. And over the last couple of years, as people have come back in, you know, to the hobby, they've looked at that card. They've they've said, okay, this is one. Yeah, there's 600 and change of them, but there's more than 600 and change collectors out there on it. It's a clear cut rookie in the whole deal. And I started thinking to myself because people are always asking me, where should I put my money? What should I invest in? You know, I missed out on this, so we might as well if that's one of your cards. Tony Gwynn, 1983 tops, old holder, doesn't really matter. Old heads like me don't really care. Maybe it's worth a little premium to be in a newer holder. But talk about this card. Why is this one you you take? And then I'll, I'll continue on my thought process. Well, this is the this is what you're talking about. I didn't. Mm -hmm. This was we talked about it yesterday. Sign and slabbed. Mm -hmm. We went through the chart. This is a, an incredible copy because this is a PSA 10, but this is a PWCCE, which they see a lot of these cards and they deemed it top 15. percent so I didn't want to say anything about it. You're saying it all. I just wanted for people on YouTube to have context as you're talking about Tony Gwynn, that one of his cards, his rookie cards, is in this week's auction and a nice copy as well. So I guess where I'm going to go with this, and you guys can you know, you know, tell me if I'm, I'm crazy or whatever it is, but um, there are guys who don't stick out at the time you're collecting who are playing that when the body of the work is there, even though they weren't the top, you know, folks, you went and said, "All right, I'm going to collect that. I'm going to, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get those guys." And you, and you appreciate their greatness. And what made me think about this was a Tony Gwynn, but then also watching the collecting habits of some other collectors in the hobby. Like for example, let's use Josh Cardboard Chronicles. Chris Paul is somebody he collects, right? And Chris Paul has had some collectability, right? People start to make. Chris Paul collections in the, in recent years, people are like, wow, Chris Paul could be a really good buy because, you know, that team's making the finals. That team, he could finally win a championship. You know, he's relevant. He does insurance commercials. And, you know, he's built up a name for himself. When Chris Paul was with New Orleans, you know, Chris Paul was with the Hornets, you know, when he came out, um, people bought his stuff. You know, he was, uh, he was a, a real good player, but he was not somebody that was like, wow, we're going to go out and collect this guy. And, you know, for the better part of the last decade, that wasn't somebody you were chasing. But over time, and I believe as he retires and the whole deal, as you look back on the all-time great assist people, 
you're going to see Stockton's name. You're going to see Magic Johnson's name. You're going to see Mark Jackson. You see Chris Paul. You're going to see you know him for the body of work that he had. And I think people now start to look back and say, all right, I'm collecting now a little bit of money. Let me look back at the guys who were big and great in that era when I watched the game. I think that's what Josh Corporal-Crown is doing. It's, what, it's exactly what Simon Slab and I talked about yesterday with Tony Gwynn. Right? Here's a card. We got to go get And what you see with it is slow and steady appreciation and value. Because people are going back on that. Now, I missed the Tony Gwynn run-up. You know, when I, when I when I was buying baseball cards and I bought, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. rookie in 2017 for $300, that was the price the Gwynn was, too. And Gwynn's kind of moved up almost the same, maybe even a little more now than what the Griffey is. Because Griffey went up and came back down and there's way more Griffeys. And I thought to myself, ah, oh, the Gwynn, I'll always be able to get a Gwynn. It'll always be there. But it's going to cost me more now. So the, the thought process I have here is, how do we find those guys now, the ones who are playing now? You know, and is there going to be that, you know, is there going to be a lull? Is it time to buy it now? Who's the guy now, you know, who's going to be appreciated over time? And what I did was just for research, right, like fantasy-wise, I pulled up your all-time assist leaders, you know, for seasons, the whole deal. And wouldn't you know that, you know, right there with Chris Paul and John Stockton and Isaiah and Magic Johnson and Oscar Robertson and Steve Nash – James Harden. Harden having seasons like that, right? And so you laugh because that's exactly I know you hate Harden, but that's exactly the Harden's of, game. But that's exactly the kind of like laughter that I would have had about Tony Gwynn when I was collecting while he was still playing, especially towards the end of his career, when I said, I don't want Tony Gwynn, I want Karen Griffey Jr. I want to collect Bo Jackson. You know, I want to collect the flashier guys. But over time after time, people will appreciate someone like James Harden. Maybe um, this is like a, a let's call this a hypothesis, right? Let's call this okay. you and I are working through this, right? I could be wrong, but what I've seen is that after the body of work is complete, it takes a little while, but people will go back and buy those guys who had that career, buy those guys that had that stuff. And I'm wondering whether or not it bodes well for guys like Dwayne Wade soon. Okay. If it bodes well for guys like that, you know, who you see on those lists, who won championships, who win awards, and just haven't gotten the appreciation yet, and then take it a step further. See, Wade's career is done. You know what it was. People have forgotten about him. Will there be people who, when LeBron is done, you know, who watch LeBron and Wade and watch that Heat thing, and they come into the hobby or they're starting to move from investor to collector, and they say, you know what? The best time I had watching basketball was when – Wade and LeBron were doing their thing. I'm going to build up a Wade PC. And that starts to do the whole, like, let's buy Wade. And for current stuff, are there guys like Russell Westbrook, whose cards have been beaten to hell because he's now a sixth man, because people don't like his game. But when you look at the overall body of work for somebody like a Russell Westbrook, he, he checks a lot of boxes. Shoot. So what I'm hearing, because Cage said a lot of names there, a lot of I think that was a record without a breath. Incredible. I'm curious with you, Luca Nation, would you rather a Harden or you rather Westbrook? Because when you said Harden, I don't think he's done anything so amazing where he's going to live like a Tony Gwynn. But I think Westbrook, because of his stat accolades, has a chance. I don't okay. think Harden's done anything that remarkable. In fact, most people who've watched Harden 
know that the way he got his stats was because of foul baiting. And now they've changed the rules where he is no longer effective. Where Westbrook got by and put together these insane numbers, maybe in lieu of, in spite of winning, just through sheer effort and competitiveness. So I think Westbrook will could maybe live more in infamy than Harden. But I'm curious what Luca Nation would say about that. I mean, listen, it's just two names that came up on the stat lists, came up on the, you know, uh, who were guys. So when I think of Harden, you're, I mean, you could be right because you're doing a basketball game analysis. You're talking about his game now and the fouls. What I'm doing is more of a holistic look back type of thing and try to grab somebody whose prices have been beaten up because of exactly what you just said, right? That people don't view him that well right now. I mean, maybe he wins a championship with Philly this year and all of a sudden, you know, that changes. I'm, I'm wondering whether or not the downside risk justifies, which I think there's very a minimal amount of, justifies a potential upside collectability in the future for somebody who started off winning the sixth man of the year in 2012 and six years later won the MVP, is a 10-time NBA All-Star, six-time NBA All-First Team player, NBA assist leader, Three-time scoring champion, three years in a row. So you say that's nothing. I say that's a heck of a lot of accomplishments. No chip, sure. But that's a nice little uh, tombstone there for the NBA career. And he's not done yet, like you said. So I'm, I'm not saying Harden per se. I'm saying let's think about guys in that bucket, guys who have an accomplishment, guys who you would call out as maybe the top 10 or 15 players of a decade. Right? Okay. Let's talk about this guy then. Let's talk about this. So I'll go to baseball for you. And you tell me if he does the, if he checks the boxes. So I have three Mookie Betts cards. This is the one that I would prefer. So you have the Mookie Betts Bowman Chrome Prospect, BGS 10. Love this card. 10-10. 10-10. Gorgeous auto. Uh, This is, these Chrome cards, I I, sometimes, I guess they have a special pen to sign them. Sometimes they're faded. This is as crisp an auto as I've seen on this card. So you have a 10-10. Buki Best Bowman Prospects sitting at 750 bucks, So that, to me, screams value. But then I also saw – I'll go the other direction. I apologize. The Bowman Draft Picks cage. Remember this card? Yeah, I love it. Look at that. But this is this one's autographed. So this is also from his rookie year. But this is unlicensed Mookie Betts Auto sitting at 56 And then you have this card. This is um, it's a cool one. So this is his rookie debut. It's a rookie card. Really tough to get a 10 on. I can't imagine there's more than 50 10s. This is the Walmart blue border where you can see it's uh, it's the paper tops. And that card is sitting at about a, 130 bucks. So to me, when I hear Tony Gwynn mm-hmm. or I, I hear someone, you know, who's accomplished but has is it right now in the discussion all the time, I think Mookie. I think Mookie's going to have an incredible post I think it's a great. It's a great example. It's a great example. I mean, somebody who I think was number two in the league for a while to trout, but actually won some championships. I think when you look at his, his accomplishments and his cards have been beaten down a little bit because the Dodgers haven't exactly had much playoff success. He switched teams. He was a, a Red Sox favorite. Red Sox seem to have gotten rid of everybody except Devers. And uh, yeah, I mean, he checks a lot of boxes. He's still playing. He's still young. He's basically the same age as Aaron Judge. You know what I mean? And he's, you know, he's got a huge contract with the Dodgers, probably playing another, you know, eight, nine, 10 years. Um, if he plays that whole contract, he's got another 10 years. Um, I think it's a great example. I love those cards. Um, you know, I love the Bowman Chrome first auto. I mean, you can't beat that in a 1010. That's what you should be looking at, that Bowman Chrome first auto. Um, I like the Prism as an alternate. Obviously, it's unlicensed, but you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, that whole that card and that holds a special place in my heart. Not even and that's an auto version, which is cool. 
And I love that you pull out the um, the tops uh, blue border. So it's funny. I don't know whether we'll ever get back to this, but you know we've talked about this. Um, I doubt fanatics will do it, but who the heck knows? But tops and Panini have both had exclusives with Target and Walmart. So that blue card, that's a Walmart exclusive. You could only get that in purchases you made in if Walmart. If Tops wants Walmart. to make it, they have to send all those cards to Walmart for sale. Just blue. Blue yeah. is a Walmart blue border. So so there's a there's a there's a blue border and red border. Look at the trout. You know, like trout tops update from eleven. The blue border is Walmart and the red border is Target. They were exclusives to those stores. And we talked about this, like Panini did it with um you know, the Excalibur release, the Kaboom from 2014, you know, that the LeBron that I have, that was a Target release specific. Interesting. And I'll go even one step further. 2012 Prism, one of my favorite years, one of my favorite years out there. Um, you know that in basketball, they have gold. They have, you know, gold out of 10. They have green. Pylon. They have Prism. They have the orange pylon in football. In baseball, they have the green parallel and the Prism silver. But they have a blue parallel, which was Walmart, and a red parallel, which was Target of 2012 Prism. Pretty cool, right? I mean, it's just it's interesting I stuff. I do where remember this. From. I do remember. I remember at National, I got a Peyton Manning red 2012 that I think I lost. I think that was a Target one. Okay. The red ones, yes. I think, in football are die cut. Even yeah, the red ones, the red ones in baseball are not. Right. They're just regular stuff. Anyway. We're, we're, I'm going off a little, you know, on a tangent, and I apologize for that. But my thought is a bunch of different ways to do it. Dwayne Wade's already done. Has he got the appreciation that he deserves? Maybe not. Maybe there's room for his stuff to grow. Someone like Chris Paul, who's coming to the end of his career but still playing, or Russell Westbrook or James Harden or one of those guys, you know, is there a potential to buy them now when, you know, you can um, think maybe in 5, 10, 15 years, someone's going to be looking back and say, that was the best player of a generation. Those were the best top five, top ten, you name it. Sort of like your Oscar Robertsons or, you know, whatever it is of, of, that, of that ilk. Then go one step further with it. Almost prospecting, but of current players. Does someone like a Trey Young, who is also having crazy seasons with stats, who's going to play for a long time, He's terrible. Dude, he doesn't impact winning. So because you and a lot of people think he's terrible now. It's is not now, me. Stop making it about me. He's is terrible. Is now a time winning. to maybe purchase his stuff? Or is it five years from now to purchase his stuff when everybody's forgotten about Never. it? Because Never. Okay. So you know, this, you know Larry this is the Hughes. point of – You know Larry Hughes. Of course. And it's a great yeah, – It's a great – Incredible player. Very good player. player. 20 yes. points a game. Some people on this stupid Facebook NBA debate room would say LeBron needed Larry Hughes on the team to actually do something because before that, he couldn't do anything. I don't agree with that, but Larry Hughes is a fantastic player. We're, he's going to be forgotten. Same thing with Trey Young, man. I, I think the Trey Young experiment and the Trey Young uh, draft trade for Luka is going to go down as one of, as historically one of the worst trades in history, similar to a Vladi Divac being traded for Kobe. So I'm not a huge Trey Young lover, but to compare him to Larry Hughes is kind of silly because um, Hughes averaged 20 points twice in his career. He was a career 14-point average. He averaged um, over three or over four assists a year a couple times and averaged three assists per year. So he's a 14-3 and three where Trey is like a 
28 and 11 basically guy who leads the league in assists, you know, uh, and, and has done it, you know, so, so I'm not saying this guy's going to be an all time great. I'm not, I'm saying the different ways of looking at who might check that box of, we're all always trying to find the next Brady in football quarterbacks. We're trying to find the next LeBron, right? And okay, maybe Luca's the next LeBron. And people are paying through the nose for the Luca cards. But there will be that Tony Gwynn, I believe. And you make the argument that basketball has replaced baseball. Well, if that's true, right? And I'm just trying to follow this path. Okay. I loved baseball in the 80s. Baseball was America's sport, I think, in the 80s. So as a kid, I grew up watching baseball, and I can name for you the stats and who won what and who was a home run leader and what year Andre Dawson had the most home runs when he played for the Cubs. And you know, you name it, the whole deal. I can tell you about that because that was what kids were watching. That was what kids were doing. I'm wondering whether or not I'm going to give you credit. If you're right, and the NBA now, the Steph era, the Ja and Luka era that we're about to go into, the Giannis era – if that is much more similar now to baseball, what baseball was, that basketball has kind of passed baseball as the fan sport, the stuff that people grow up on. I'm wondering if the nostalgia will kick in in 10, 15 years when the kids have money, when the kids are collecting, like I'm collecting the 80s baseball, and if you get a wider expanse of collectability because of it, and that you have NBA it could be players. Jokic, not it could be Jokic. It could be. I, it could be Jokic's could base, be Jokic. base prism. By the way, another great example. Because here I am saying people aren't collecting Jokic now. But here's a guy who's won two MVPs. And who knows what else he's going to do in his career. I think Jokic might be a better one than my Trey analysis, right? Because I'm here, you got a guy who got already won MVPs. And yet people are not buying his stuff. So that could be a, a very good one. What was amazing about Tony Gwynn was... He fits in what his, I'm saying, by the way. His stats, I mean, he he batted over like four 400. Where everyone else was batting like 300. Like he hit between him and the next guy and what he did, it was such a vast expanse. And I would say the same thing with Jokic. Is, is that not true with Tony Gwynn? I mean, Gwynn was a grizzly bear too. He was he was oh. he was he was a larger guy also. Look at his, he, at his rookie card. He was actually fast for a guy his size, but you know, it is it, it is so, so I wanted to do an ex uh a fun little kind of exercise. Okay, so I put up the top 12 priced cards. Mm -hmm. And usually don't get to see this. Sort of, they check all of the boxes. So you'll you'll start off here with the Jordan Fleer sticker ten. Is that twenty six thousand? Then you have mm -hmm. the gold LeBron chalk to toss at ten. You have Ovechkin, uh, his young guns at ten. You have a Holland orange refractor sitting at ten. Something to keep in mind with Holland. There's actually a gold refractor, not the Bundesliga gold, but there's a gold PSA ten in next year's auction. You have a Jordan Fleer 9, a LeBron Refractor 9.5, a LeBron Rookie. First year tops. Is this? I, I, I want to ask you about this. So you have a Brady Finest with, for mm -hmm. $8,500. You have a Wilt 5, a Curry 9, a Refractor Jordan Kobe. It's the tops East-West Refractors. And then Cage's favorite, Mr. Satchel Page. These are the top 12. Any of these you want to talk about? Any of these you want to spotlight? Any of these were on your list? I mean, the Jordan sticker is an interesting one. I'm glad they were able to, you know, spotlight it here and find it. And, you know, it's here, um, which is good because, I mean, you don't want to lose a card like that. Um, so it's 26.5. It's a pretty awesome sticker right there. And, you know, isn't that one that sold for like $200,000 at one point in time? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 there's, there's not many that down, you know, as much as that one. 
Um, is that one that starts to see a, a little bit of a turn back up in price? Sort of like I believe his 86 Fleer has started to... I don't get, explain to me the appeal of this sticker. <laughs> I The way you peel the sticker, I can explain it to you, is you take the two pieces apart and you peel it like this. Is that what you mean? The sticker appeal, you appeal a sticker like that? No? I don't like get it, why it's so popular. Is it because it's so difficult to grade? Tough in 10. The stickers were tough and ten. They were off centered a lot. There's like and, fifteen Kareem's. Like I know you got people yeah. are chasing Kareem's, even though that wasn't even his. Yeah, plan because you know there are a lot of people out there who who complete this set, and a, and and a lot of them believe that the set is not complete unless you have the sticker set. So this is part of the whole, you know, chase the stuff. Your Topps Chrome Gold. I have a question for you. Sure. You might call this 2008 Topps Chrome Gold iconic. It's an iconic card because it's his chalk toss. So. <laughs> So I'm, my question for you is this. At what point in time does that narrative become less creative on a card like this? Now, LeBron will always be collected. His gold will always be collected. His moments will always be collected. But you also have the one where he and Kobe are on the same card. Yep. Right? And you have his rookie card, which is, you know, iconic because it's a rookie card. And then you have his 04, which is an iconic, you know, cool reversing pose. How many iconics can there be? And there's a lot of, you know, iconic stuff. And each one of the golds in Topps Chrome are out of 50. Right. Not out of 10, like Panini. So here you are. You have all of this whole run of, you know, a vertical of Topps Chrome gold times 50, 10 years of it or whatever the heck it is. And it's 500 gold. And then you, you layer on top of that the black, the X-Fractor, the Refractor, the – I mean – I do have some thoughts on this. Please. Because I think there's both sides of it. Like, what's interesting to me is 07 and 08 are both horizontal. <laughs> but across the board, people actually, like with RPAs and all that stuff, people like vertical. Like, that's mm-hmm. been through and through for display purposes. Or apparently, everyone in the hobby is like OCD. So <laughs> horizontal for them, like, really tweaks them out. Uh, so you have that going against it. I think that they say it's an iconic chalk toss, but I actually think that if you pulled, you know, we did um, the top 75 iconic cards. If we go top 75 iconic sets, I do think 07 and 08 tops Chrome goes, the photography on that set, I would believe would be a top 50. So I do think it has that. Something against it is I think non-rookie golds have gotten way ahead of themselves, way ahead of themselves. So you have Especially this out of 50s. Of, yeah, you have this like push and pull, horizontal out of 50 non-rookie. Then it's, this isn't just LeBron. I think this is the 08 Tops Chrome, 07 Tops Chrome are really popular, beloved sets. People love the photography on these. So you have a little bit of both here, Cage. Okay. And I didn't call it iconic. PWCC did. Iconic chalk toss. I mean, yes. basically anything LeBron does is iconic, I guess. Um, one card you didn't point out from the top prices, and I'm going to point it out. I was going to bid on it, but I'll let somebody else get it. Um, it seems like the entry level price for a 52 tops mantle is now above $20,000 for even a copy that looks like, you know, it was folded up and put in someone's pocket, unfolded and sent to PSA. So there is a PSA one, which is poor condition. Um, it is recently graded one. It's actually for a one has decent. I appeal from a centering perspective. I mean, the corners are missing and, you know, paper loss and, you know, this uh, obviously heavy creasing and, you know, some surface issues and whatnot. But from a centering perspective, which a lot of people really do care about, it's uh, generally speaking a nicely centered copy. 
Um, and it's currently sitting below twenty thousand dollars. It's fourteen thousand plus the buyer's premium right now. Um, Fifty-two mantle in any grade is something that's going to always be collectible. You know, it's that everybody knows what that card is, and to have one in any condition in your PC is, you know, is 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 worth something. And what's funny about it is to think like, wow, this it's not the rarest card. It's definitely not. And this is where you know high grade versus just any grade. We have those that conversation. Um, you know, twenty thousand dollars. You know, twenty five thousand dollars for a, a PSA one. Really, that's what you're gonna pay? Well, first of all, people are paying that for Scotty Barnes cards. Second of all, um, you know, this is a card that basically anyone who has it in their in their their PC, anyone who has it in their collection, it just takes the collection level to you know, it's just it's a different level for your collection, right? It's like, oh, I so have you either have a fifty two mantle or you don't, right? God. So yeah, yes to all of that. I, I think there's a few cards. So like the other day, I was like asking someone, I don't know how this came up, but you remember during like the heyday, you could buy cards with ETH. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try that now, and people will be like, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm taking ETH anymore. And what are they really saying with that? They're saying I don't trust that as a store of value. I don't mm-hmm. know what's gonna. And I think what's cool about Mantle, and I think Jordan will fall into this category too the Fleers, is even if you don't want that in your collection, you know you could trade into it and it will store value. Yep. For for a temporary period of time before you want to go get your other card or trade out of it, you could trade into a Mantle, you could trade into a Fleer 8, Jordan, a Fleer 9, a Fleer 7, and you know it's going to hold its value, right? You're, you trust it. I think nothing is as trustworthy as a Mantle. So you also have that from a store of value and a trust perspective that really helps Mantle cards. I like it. I mean, I mean, it's one of the few that I looked at. I've watched these auctions recently and have bid on low-grade mantles um, just because, you know, I see what's being paid for a lot of the modern stuff. And to me, you know, if I'm going to put $20,000 into something, I'd rather get into even a low-grade mantle than, you know, an RPA of, you know, somebody who's played two seasons. Um, so, I mean, this is right now, if it ended where it's at, would be the lowest price for a one ending in, you know, Mantles have held strong. If you look at his uh, his index, let me ask you this: You brought up Trey. You brought up all these guys. Where does mm-hmm. Dame sit on your list? Is By the he way, gonna be a great gonna... a great example? Just a great example of somebody who Thank you. who falls into that category. I mean, he's played now for you know ten years, um, so he's not for the people same as Trey. Twenty twelve national treasures. Dame is what I've pulled up. Gorgeous patch. Sitting at thirty one hundred bucks. Continue. I apologize, Kate. Somebody who now might be the right time to buy. A year might be the right time to buy. Five years. Who knows? I don't know what the right answer is, but I see that card sitting at three and change. And I don't think you can get a Josh Giddy for that price. And I always say Josh Giddy just because I think it's a funny name, but because Giddy may be awesome. I mean, you know, he's a 2010 guy, you know, I mean, he could be awesome too, but at his best. Yeah. But Lillard, you know, has done it for a while and, you know, has, has really been great and his prices are less. We've talked about the potential versus, you know, versus what they've already done. Lillard's one of those guys where you'll look back and be like, it was Dame time. Like he's got that additional little thing about him as well that I could see him having some collectability. And I know there are people who collect Lillard. So that's already an added bonus, you know what I mean? Because you know, if you know there's collectors of the stuff, that kind of sets a floor for you. But yeah, listen, this is a working theory that I have. I'll call it the Tony Gwynn theory. Okay. That okay. you know that yeah. I, I think I think that you know as look the fun part about it is is that there's no more Lillard RPAs being created. You know what there are. You know how many you have out there. 
you'd like to think that each year goes by, there are going to be more NBA fans. There'll be more people coming into collecting. There'll be more people who, you know, who, uh, you know, um, with fanatics or, you know, whoever else it's going to be, the businesses that are going on in the next two years, five years, 10 years, there'll be more people who come in and show their fandom with jerseys and with cards and with buying, you know, a collection of a player. And if the amount of people who, who you know, are fans of Lillard increase, you know, you'd like to think that the demand for a card like that will. My only concern with Lillard is what's going to make him stick. He doesn't have a ton of records. He doesn't have a ton of huge wins. You have Dame time, but Dame time is cool when you're watching it live. You know, it was yeah. cool when he did this live. Some stuff you got to see live, but then you have stuff like what Jordan does. You can watch it live. You can watch it replayed. It lives in infamy. I'm worried or I'm wondering, Dame is kind of on that, like that pendulum. He can go down and be cardboard relevant and respected. And, but he also could just fall away by the wayside. And you kind of never hear about him again from the collectability standpoint and something just from this season, we know the stats with Steph Curry on and off the court, how much better the offense is for the Warriors with Curry on the court. Exactly the same thing, just less publicized with the, uh, with the Portland Trailblazers, when Dame's not out there, that team is in bad shape. They're on a five-game losing streak. They're playing Luka tonight. Um, worried about the worry, uh, the Blazers team this year, just from a short-term perspective. Anything else? I got one that I want you to pull up, which you know, cool. which by the time the auction ends, you'll know whether or not this could be going crazy or it could be bargain time. Um, it's an interesting patch. It's an interesting grade, but. It's the 2021 National Treasures Trevor Lawrence RPA. T Law. So Trevor Who's your prediction for the game? T Law versus Herbert. I think I think the Jags win. What's funny about today? There are four quarterbacks making their there are four quarterbacks playing on Saturday, and all four of them are making their playoff debut. Pretty nuts, Mahomes right? Is the oldest AFC quarterback? Okay. Yes, that's one. But think about the four quarterbacks who are playing today. Right, I mean, Geno Smith obviously making this playoff debut. Both Herbert Purdy. and T. Law and Purdy, yeah, full quarterbacks, and none of them have a playoff game. I think the Jags win, but not because of what you think. One, I think Herbert needs to win the game more than any of the other guys, right? Because no one's expecting anything from from Geno Smith. Um, T. Law is kind of where Herbert was like two years ago. <laughs> Herbert, his prices are insane compared to everybody else on that list. So in order to kind of justify the Herbert stuff. It's, but T-Law, if he wins, then this card ends 24 hours after he beat Herbert and is taking his team potentially on a little bit of a playoff run. Some might say ahead of the schedule. If he loses, is this a card where, you know, he still has that momentum trajectory? We've talked about this, right? Like, you know, okay, decent season, bad season. Okay, playoffs, you're not expecting him to even make the playoffs, let alone win in the playoffs. Then, okay, he still has some real mojo coming into next year. And people are looking for his stuff, sort of like Ja. Like, oh, look what he did. And he's going to go win a championship next year. You know, like it's fun going and you're still riding that momentum hype train up until you're not. It's an interesting I, card. What do you think? I don't, unless you're short term and you really know the NT market, I just think it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. I, I think it's a recipe for disaster. I'll give you Russell Wilson from 2012. NT just ended two weeks ago for 3500 bucks. This is T Law sitting at forty eight hundred bucks in a eight five subgrade. To me, it's just tough to know where 
I, I know people love NT and I know that's how they publicize it, but I, I'm worried about that market long term. I am. I don't think that's a collector's card. I think a T-Law Kaboom is a much better buy. Much better buy. I think what they did with Kaboom is brilliant. You have three real parallels. You have the base, which is the silver. You have the gold out of 10. You have the green out of one. That's it. You know what, what you're would getting? You, what would you pay for a green one-on-one? Tila? Mm-hmm. What would I pay or what do yeah, you think? what would you pay? Green Tila out of one. 15. Okay. All right. It's a good one, Hertz, I guess. Hertz, I, Hertz, I would do 20. Burrow, I would do 35. Mahomes, I would do 100. All right. What else you got? Herbert, you got Herbert will be fun? 15 for me. So is now you bring up Russell Wilson. Is now a time to buy Russell Wilson? Do you think he's going to be better next year? You think Russell Wilson is kind of beat up? I've seen worse flyers. I've like I, I've seen worse flyers on like. So do flyers have to be really inexpensive? Because if you ask me what the card to get for Russell Wilson is, there's one of them. Perhaps is it the, the Prism best. Prism Auto out of uh, PSA 10, one of three. Not all the Prism Gold. There's a 2012 Prism Gold out of 10, PSA 10, pop one of three in this. And it's his jersey number. It's card number three of 10. That's 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 where you go. That's where I would – with, with guys that are beaten down, this is where I would want to get, like, the card. I would rather splurge and put 5K. Because if, it, if you hit at the Broncos next year, completely turn it around, he gets them to the AFC Championship game, that might be a card that if you run an auction again, it's it's 35-40k. This like is the card. Copy. That's a cool that's a, that's sick a cool card, card, right? Cage Cage is bidding on this. Jer- jersey number. Listen, I tell you the cards that stick out to me when I go through this. And you know, obviously this Russell Wilson stuff's card. beat down to shreds. That card, if you if if you say to me, okay, there's one card you want to get of Russell Wilson, that's it. Yeah. 100%. You know, jersey number, gold out of ten in PSA ten. There's three tens, I think. And this first is a jersey prism. number. So first, first year prism. prism. Another card that stuck out to me on this one, um, 2005 exquisite Bill Russell patch auto. Real nice card. So, you know, green with a white and green patch. You know, you got Bill Russell's signature on it, which, you know, you see everybody wearing his his number on their jerseys this year. Um, 2005 exquisite limited logos. I think it's out of 28. Um, it's a BGS nine with a ten auto, real nice looking card. Sick, that is sick. I, I I agree. I think Bill Russell is someone who, him and Wilt, you know, they always have each other to kind of, you know, I was a Wilt guy, I was a Russell guy. I remember watching basketball in that era. I I agree, man. I I think this is a gorgeous card. There's a, a uh, there's a centered Wilt in PSA five, the sixty one Fleer in this auction also, which is really nice. I'm trying not to, you know, pull out cards that you know you're bidding on, and you'll be mad at me. Well, you probably <laughs> saw there's not very many Pele's. Nope. There's not many Pele's. Uh, there's one 2016 flawless that I'm looking at, and I'm currently the high bidder. Uh, but other than that, not a lot of high grade rookie Pele's. They all kind of got gobbled up the last month and a half. There's some really nice stuff, and if you know, if you want to do uh, instead of Luca Tiger, you'll do Trey Tiger. There's a Trey Prism Tiger PSA 10, which is pretty nice. I like those Tiger Stripes, man, for obvious reasons. It's We're biased. That's another episode, Luca Nation. <laughs> we're your biased. Weekend. 11 a.m. tomorrow on what night? I know there's only three games, so it might be a little bit of a quicker show. Are you uh, bidding on any Kobe's in this one? Because I want to direct everybody's attention. I don't want to like like tell everyone. This, okay, because yeah. there's a Kobe that I think is really nice in this. I know I shit on Kobe in the beginning. I can kind of bring it back in. It's, it's sure, interesting okay. because it's um, – uh, just to bring the episode right back, Josh Carbo Chronicles was just showing off one of his purchases of a oh, LeBron right. gold 
It was a 2005 finest LeBron gold. And there's two, there's a couple of different ones like the gold chrome, the gold. Um, there's like one out of 29, one out of 39. There was a Kobe of the, of the same card, the out of 39 version um, in PSA 10. There's only nine tens. There's only 39 total. But it's a cool looking card because it's got like the gold basketball behind it. You know what I mean? He's dribbling. It's a different pose than you usually see from 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 Kobe. He still has the number eight on, um, but it's a cool card. Oh five finest. Um, you know, I try to look in these auctions for you know for Kobe's because I know you're so, a here fan. you go. So so here it is. This is the one I would bid on. I would bid. I'm going to bid on the 99, 1998 Skybox Premium 3Ds PSA ten. It's a pop one of eleven. Right now it's half the price. Here's what I'll say. My last name is Goldberg. I should love gold more than anybody. I, I think gold. we've gotten ahead of ourselves with non-rookie golds. This whole fatuation for gold is a little bit crazy. And then you add on top of it, it has to be a PSA 10 and a gold. I think it's uh, it's fake scarcity. I don't buy fake it. Fake news? Is it fake news? I, I think it's fake scarcity. I don't buy it. I don't think it's as cool as people make it out to be. It's one of those things that you know if you buy it, people are going to goo-goo gaga over you on the on Instagram. not saying that about Josh. He loves LeBron. That's a sick card. I'm just saying that I think people buy gold for the wrong reasons. I think they buy it to show off. I think they buy it because they know it will look cool and catch attention on Instagram versus actually thinking about there's a gold Kobe from 2005 that's mm-hmm. double the price of that Skybox 3Ds. Getting a PSA 10 on that Skybox 3Ds is nearly impossible. There's 11 of them. It's a gorgeous card. Insane card. So for me, like a 2005 Finest does nothing when I can get the Skybox 3Ds in a PSA 10, which is, I think, a much cooler card. I want to see a weird LeBron that I want to get your sure. opinion on. 03 Rookie Auto of LeBron. Upper Deck Sweet Shot. So put in 2003 Upper Deck Sweet it's Shot. It's a patch, right? Just take a look at it. And I want to get, I want to get your impression of this. By the way, PWCC, we I love the safe searches. I don't love like the all the updates personally. I don't know if you guys love them. Uh, safe searches are super cool. I okay. Anyway, who cares? <laughs> I care. I care. What well, sweet shot? There. Pardon the interruption. Oh, <laughs> this card sucks. Is it? Is it baseball? I mean, is LeBron signing a baseball? What is this? It does look like a baseball. You're right. I didn't I mean, even pick it, that up. It's white with like red laces. Do they have LeBron? What does it say on the back? I mean, do they have LeBron? I hate when they sign with... a baseball. What is what is going on here? You've received a card personally autographed by LeBron. This was sent up for deck. This are... No, they're they're not telling you if this is a baseball. I mean, Cole or what Carvin. It is. Carvin, what the hell happened here? It's 03 up a deck. I know it's not exquisite. It's exquisitely weird, but it looks like <laughs> they had LeBron sign a baseball. It does look like a baseball. It looks like his ballpoint pen, too. I, I don't know what I'm looking at, but it's a rookie LeBron upper deck auto on ball, on baseball, perhaps. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. And, guys, I'm going to close it out with this. I don't know what it's going to end at. We have a day before the autos end. But just a, a, a poster child that Andrew could pull up for this run up and run down. And you guys can hate me. You can hate my takes. You can put back in the in the DMs the Vince Vaughn don't hate participate. But when I said be careful with those fringe cards, there is a 1997 Browns boxing Floyd Mayweather PSA 10 card. Now, I don't know if they have this on card ladder. I have no idea. But this is the very definition of fringe. We talked about you know boxing and how it was a great sport, but it wasn't ever really traditionally collected. There's churchman stuff from way back when we talked about Jimmy J. Braddock cards and you name it. But this card was what? 
15 times this, 20 times. I mean, like, like this, this card has to be down 80% if I pull up a chart. It's sitting at $1,800 as we talk now. Now, again, it's an auction. It could get bid up and the whole deal. But this is a perfect example of a card that really wasn't collected, you know, even though it's a low-ish pop. Um, and all of a sudden, you, you have one of those Eiffel Tower-type charts on this one. And, you know, it's just one I saw in here. And I'm like, I'm watching this one to see where it ends because it's a, it's a good example of be careful with the, you know, the fringes.